Well, hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Resurrection City Church. My name is Julie, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I just want to give you a special welcome. If you're new or visiting with us this morning, we're so glad that you're here. And if you are new or if you're just joining us, um, we are currently in a little series that we're calling Walking by the Spirit. And so we just wanted to start our year out thinking about um, the role of the Spirit in our everyday lives. What does that look like? How can we consistently cultivate a sensitivity to what he's doing in our lives? Um, and so we thought that's a great place to start the year off. And so we've been looking um, at Galatians 5.25. It just says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that's kind of what we're talking about right now is just how do we keep in step? How do we walk in our everyday lives with the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump into our topic for this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that you have sent your spirit to be with us, that we are never alone, and that we always have access to you through him. So Lord, would you speak uh, through your word, through uh, our community here this morning? Would you use your spirit to speak to us all, and would you give us ears to hear and be open-hearted to listen and follow through on what you might call us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so I may have given it away a little bit in my prayer, but today we're specifically talking about what it looks like to listen to the Spirit of God. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that, I, you know, I think talking about the Spirit is something we, is a great way to start out our year. I also think it's something we probably just don't talk about enough. And I think part of that reason is because it's complicated. It's confusing. It can be messy. Uh, and it's just kind of a mysterious thing. And in some ways, I think God wants it to be that way. Uh, I think sometimes God wants to remind us that he is different from us. And it's okay that there are some aspects of who he is that's mysterious. And I think that sometimes that's something that we tend to struggle with. We like things to be clear. We like things that make sense. We like things that are easily determined. And when it comes to listening to the Spirit of God, that just isn't always the case. And I'm guessing maybe you've had times in your life where you wished that God would speak a little more clearly through his Spirit. I can remember uh, it was the year I was going to be graduating from college, and I remember sitting on the floor at my friend's house, and we were talking, and she just was saying how she wished that, you know, God would just give her a, a vision of what she should be doing with her life. And at first I thought, that's kind of a strange way to put it. And she was like, no, 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 not like a vision, like, you know, a, a, a dream or some, like, you know, big moment. Um, but just something like a, a clear path, a clear calling, a clear vision of where she should be focusing her time, how she should be living her life. Uh, and I definitely could relate with that. And I think... A lot of us at times of transition or just, you know, normal life, we have those moments where we want to have a more clear and specific vision of what God might be calling us to do. We want the writing on the wall. We want the very specific explanation and direction. Uh, and oftentimes we just don't get that. Sometimes we do, and Joel talked a little bit about that last week, uh, when other people in your community can kind of help play that role to give you those specific words. But sometimes, you know, we might have a question about uh, something in our lives like, 
which job should I take or where should I, you know, what should I do after I graduate or should I have kids and how many and when? And oftentimes with questions like that, we want an answer and we don't always get a specific one. Maybe we have even even played little games with God saying like, you know, okay, if I, if this thing happens at this time, then you must want me to do this. Or, or if that light turns red before I get to it, then I know this is the path you want me to take. But oftentimes, God doesn't give us answers like that. He gives us wisdom, and he calls us to uh, ask him for wisdom and lean on him for wisdom. But he doesn't always give us answers. So it begs the question, when we're listening to the Holy Spirit, what exactly are we listening for? Because although we do sometimes see the Holy Spirit show up in Scripture and give specific instructions or specific answers, we also see times where people in the New Testament might credit the Spirit for something, but they might say it like, it seemed good to the Spirit that we did this, or we were kept by the Holy Spirit from doing this, or we were compelled by the Spirit to do this. And that language is a little more vague, right? Like, what does it mean that, that the Spirit, it seemed good to the Spirit to do something? Like, how do you know that? What does that look like? Does, it audibly, does the Spirit audibly speak, or is it a different way? And I think in order for us to really listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, I've got three kind of shifts I want us to make in our thinking that might help us be a little more open to understanding or hearing those prompts from the Holy Spirit. So some of those uh, shifts that I want to talk about today, the first one is that the Holy Spirit is not a tool, but a relationship, a being for us to be in relationship with. The second is that it's not for God, our glory. It's not, the Holy Spirit's not here to make us feel good or for us to have all of the, the glory and the attention, but for God's glory. And the last is that the Holy Spirit works on God's timeline and not on our timeline. So let's start with the first one. Let's talk about how the Holy Spirit is not a tool for us to use, but a being for us to be in relationship with. And like I said, I think we most frequently tend to think about the Holy Spirit or go to the Holy Spirit when we want a clear answer. Or maybe just we tend to go to God in general more often when we want something specific. So we kind of almost use it like a tool to help us figure out where should I go? What should I do? Give me direction. And then to complicate things even further, sometimes in church or in other spaces, we use analogies that kind of add to that idea. We might say something like, oh, the Holy Spirit is like God's Wi-Fi. You want to be connected to it all the time. And on one hand, it's like, yeah, you do want to be connected to the Holy Spirit all the time. I'm not going to disagree with that. But when we think about Wi-Fi, it's a very impersonal thing. It's something we use to get something accomplished. We use it so that we can go on the Internet and, and do our work or, you know, send a message or whatever it is. But the Holy Spirit is God himself. In John 14, 16 through 18, uh, Jesus talks about this. He talks about the Holy Spirit and who it is and how it's going to relate to us. So I'm going to read that passage for you. It says, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. 
I will come to you. So Jesus says that he's going to send us the Spirit as a companion, or some translations might say an advocate. And this companion is something that the rest of the world won't see, won't understand. But just because that might be true, it doesn't mean that he is not with us in our daily lives. And Jesus says, I won't leave you as orphans. I won't leave you alone. I'll be with you. So if the Holy Spirit were just like Wi-Fi, I don't think Jesus would say he's not going to leave us as orphans. We don't say, oh, don't worry, the orphans are fine. They have Wi-Fi. They need relationship. We need relationship. And having the Holy Spirit as as a real companion, someone who is with us that we can actually be in relationship with, is how Jesus really wants us to think about it. And just like any relationship, We can choose to ignore the relationship, or we can choose to cultivate it. And so when it comes to our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have that choice. We can just treat it as an acquaintance or someone who's there when we need them, or it can actually be a relationship we want to cultivate. So think about it. Think about the relationships in your life, and how do you cultivate those relationships? Do you only go to those people when you need something? Let's be honest, we all know those people. No, we make space for the relationships that we care about. The relationships that we want to cultivate, we're intentional with, we spend time with. And the same needs to be true with the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus continues on in the book of John as he's talking with his disciples. It's one of those times where Jesus is like, got a lot to say, he kind of just keeps on rambling. Uh, And into John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, he says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, about this companion, this way that he's going to be with us, and then he starts talking about why it's important to abide in him, what it means to actually be in relationship with him. And so if we want to listen to the Holy Spirit, if we want to be hearing what he might be saying in our lives, we need to make space for that relationship. So how do we do that? In the history of the people of God, one of the ways that people have found to do this is through something Um, like daily rhythms. It's sometimes called the daily office or fixed hour prayer. And so a little history lesson. Uh, Before Jesus, the Jewish people have a few verses in Deuteronomy that they would say twice a day, every day, and pray through it to remind themselves that God is the only one worthy of worship. And then after Jesus, the early church still had set times that they would pray every day. The apostles even talk about going to pray at certain times in the book of Acts. And so after Jesus, in the early church, that was a a habit, a pattern, a rhythm for disciples of Jesus. And it continued on. Even it was common for churches to have morning and evening prayer times. And people were expected to attend. Then unfortunately, jump ahead quite a bit of time. In the Middle Ages, uh, the Catholic Church made these services, these prayer services, really complicated. They added all of these extra steps to them, and they did the whole service in Latin, which not many of the people could actually understand. 
So overall, these services became less and less accessible to the average person. And then after the Reformation, Protestants tended to sort of like react against anything from the Catholic Church. If it sounded at all like what they had done in the Catholic Church, they were like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do something else. And so the pendulum of these daily rhythms, these set practices, started to swing this way. And as we've seen kind of now in modern society, that's not something that many Christians practice. And some of that is because we have jobs that don't allow us to do that, or you're just in a life stage or a situation where it can be complicated. But sometimes I think it's because we're still reacting a little bit, right? We might say, oh, I'm not going to like set times and always pray at the exact same times every day. That sounds really legalistic. Or some might even say, that sounds oppressive to say I have to do that every single day. And I'm not telling you you need to. I don't think that you have to do a fixed hour prayer or a daily office or anything like that in order to listen to the Spirit. But I am saying that you need to make space for that relationship in your life. If you're going to treat the God's Spirit like an actual relationship, we need to invest in it, take the time, cultivate it. We don't say that, you know, having a regular scheduled date night with your spouse is legalistic, or we don't say having a standing coffee date on the schedule with your friend or a dinner with your parents is something that's legalistic. So why would having these standard uh, times where we connect with God be something that we would shy away from? And there's lots of ways to do it, right? You can follow some kind of daily office. There's a lot of apps, actually, that are um, really helpful for this. If, if technology is a helpful tool to help you um, get into a rhythm or a habit. Otherwise, I mean, there's tons of research now about, like, brain science and habits, habit forming, right? Like, there's all these different books. I know Atomic Habits is one of those ones that's, like, always on the top bestsellers. Uh, and I haven't read it, but I know that there's all of these different ideas about ways you can make a habit in your life. Right? Combine prayer and connecting with the Holy Spirit with something that's already in your calendar. Right? Every time you brush your teeth or every time you're driving to work or driving your kid to daycare, whatever it is, find ways to connect with God in a way that you are actually investing in that kind of a relationship. Because if we really want to listen to the Spirit, we need to stop treating it like a tool and actually treat it like a being, someone that we are in relationship with. All right, the second shift I think we need to make uh, in our um, thinking about the, the Holy Spirit, if we really want to be listening to him, is that it's not for our glory, but for God's glory. Again, if we go back to how we often approach the Spirit, it's often because we want something. We want guidance. We want to hear from God. We want to know what he wants from us. Um, or maybe we just want to feel that connection. We want to hear from him in a way that's going to help us uh, feel special or feel connected. And oftentimes, if we're being really honest, especially when we're looking for direction, the reason we're asking is less because we want to make sure we're in line with God's glory and what his plan is, and more often because we want to make sure we don't make a mistake. We want to make sure we don't look dumb. We want to make sure that we don't end up in a situation that's going to make us really uncomfortable we want peace of mind. But as Jesus continues, again, in, in John, he's got kind of this whole little section where he talks about all of these ideas. Uh, and so he continues talking about this in uh, chapter 16 of the book of John. He says, But when the spirit, come, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that you, he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So Jesus does say the Spirit is going to guide us, but he also says the Spirit will glorify him. Not us. It's not about our glory or our comfort or our direction, but it's about God. The Spirit does give us direction and guidance, but it's not guidance to help us achieve our goals. It's to achieve God's. And I want to be a little bit careful about how I talk about this because I think sometimes we pit those two things against each other. We act as if there's really only two options. There's the path that we can uh, follow God's glory, and maybe we'll be miserable, but we'll be on the right path, and we'll be doing what God says we should be doing. Or we can, you know, live for ourselves and just enjoy the moment and not think about it at all. But I actually think the amazing thing about what God has done is that when we follow his path, it's actually when we're going to find the most joy. Because we are made for him. We are made to follow what he has for us. And so when we commit to that, it's actually going to be the thing that lights us up the most inside. It might not always be the most comfortable. <laughs> it actually might be quite uncomfortable. But it's going to be the thing that gives us a true purpose. It's the way we're truly intended to live. And it's what's going to bring us the most joy. But in order to really follow that, we have to give up our own control. And that's something that's really hard to do. So when it comes to the shift of listening to the Spirit for God's glory instead of our own, I have to ask, how willing are we to actually do what the Spirit calls us to do? Because what if you're listening to God and he, you hear something that you actually really don't want to hear? What if he asks you to do something that makes you uncomfortable? Or what if he asks you to do something inconvenient? What if he asks you to do something that the rest of the world is not going to understand and might think is really odd? If we want to be people who listen to the Spirit of God, we better be people who are willing to do what he says. If you remember earlier, I mentioned that the uh, Jewish people have this prayer that they pray a couple times a day, and it's from this verse in Deuteronomy. They call it the Shema, which is just the Hebrew word for listen. And so the verse goes like this. It says, hear or listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the one thing I love about this word, this word Shema, is that it has two concepts combined into one. The word listen in Hebrew means to listen and actually take action based on what you're hearing. So it combines the idea of hearing and doing. And in our world right now, I think that those two have kind of gotten separated. And maybe that's, you know, for some good reason. Uh, because we have so much information readily available to us at all times. We can listen to podcasts, to TV shows, to music, to the news, to anything and everything. And we can have it constantly in our ears through our, our headphones. And it's good that we don't listen and do everything that we hear. Right? Because there's going to be a lot of messages from <clears throat> the world that might not line up with God's glory. 
But the hard part is, I think then we take that same approach and apply it to hearing from God. We sort of treat the Spirit of God or God's truth as just another input that we can listen and learn and kind of add to our decision-making, you know, spreadsheet or just mental idea of like, okay, I, I like that idea from this thing I heard, and that was, that was good over here, and yeah, I'll consider what God says as part of this, but you know, it's sort of just on plane with everything else that we take in. And that's not how God calls us to listen to him. He calls us to listen and to follow through. He calls us to Shema. So I ask you a question today, and it's a challenging question for me too, It's just, on a scale of 1 to 10, how open are you to the will of God as revealed by the Spirit? I'll make it even a little bit more practical. Think about the rest of your day today. Whatever you have planned, or maybe you have no plans and that's part of your plan, (laughs) whatever it is, if the Spirit of God were to prompt you to do something today, whatever it would be, maybe it's helping a friend out, Maybe it's spending more time in prayer or in scripture. Maybe it's talking to that neighbor that you know once you start talking to them, they're never going to stop talking. Whatever it is, if the Spirit of God were to prompt you to do that right now, how open would you be with the rest of your plan for today? It's a challenging question. I like to plan. I like to know kind of what what my week is going to look like. And when the Spirit intervenes and calls me to do something else, that can be challenging. But if we're going to be people who want to listen to the Spirit of God, we better be people who are willing to do what he calls us to do. Okay, the last shift in thinking I want to talk about this morning is that the Holy Spirit doesn't work on our timeline, uh, but he works on God's. So sometimes when you might pray or ask the Spirit for guidance, sometimes you don't hear anything. Or maybe sometimes you hear from God and you're like ready. You're like, yes, I want to do that. I am on board. I'm going to, you know, get, do all the things I can to make it possible for that to happen. And then the opportunity just doesn't present itself. Or something comes along and changes it. And I know that when things like this happen, it can be frustrating can be disorienting. It can even make you question whether God's spirit ever really speaks or if you ever really hear him. But when we remember that God's spirit works on God's timeline and not ours, it can help us get some perspective because God's timeline is rarely as fast or as easy as we want it to be. And when I'm feeling discouraged about this, uh, I like to go back to some of the people in the Old Testament who heard from God, but then the path following was not at all like what they thought it was going to be. I'm especially encouraged by the story of Joseph uh, in the Old Testament. And you might know him if you are a fan of musicals, uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, And you might know the story, but I'm going to kind of recap it a little bit. Um, It all takes place in the book of Genesis. (coughs) And if I had to summarize the main points, it would go something like this. Joseph has a dream from God. He hears from God. And in that dream, there is imagery that suggests that his brothers are going to bow down before him. So Joseph actually goes and tells his brothers this, which I think was, you know, mistake number one. 
Uh, and obviously, they are very annoyed by him. So annoyed, however, this is where I think they go wrong, that they throw him in an empty well and they leave him there to die. Kind of an overreaction, maybe. Um, but so Joseph has this dream. He thinks that this is going to happen. And then the very next step is that he is left in a hole to die. And you think that maybe things get better from there, but they don't. Uh, after that, Joseph gets sold into slavery. He gets wrongly accused of sexual assault. He gets thrown in prison. And then while he's in prison, he makes friends with people. He helps them out. And they're all like, when I get out of prison, man, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get you out. And then as soon as they get out of prison, they immediately forget about him. So he's left again. And he's probably like, what the heck? <laughs> I thought I heard from God. Like, I thought this was going to happen. And then all of these things have come into my life. But in the end, Joseph ends up working for Pharaoh, who's like the king at the time, the big guy leader. And he helps save the country from famine. He reconciles with his brothers, and they in, indeed do bow down to him. Did all of this happen the way that Joseph thought? Probably not. I mean, I'd be amazed if he foresaw all of that coming. Uh, but did God follow through on what he told Joseph? Yes, he did. And was it for Joseph's glory? Was it all about him getting the glory of his brothers bowing down to him and him feeling great? No, it was about God's glory. It was for the whole nation's good that he could help prevent this famine and save lives. And even now, it's for our good that we can hear his story and be encouraged by the work that God does. So God's spirit doesn't always work on our timeline because he's not working for our glory. But he is working. So what do we do in the meantime? What do we do when we don't feel like we've heard from God or we feel like we have and things aren't working the way we thought that they would? The great news is that God has given us many ways to listen to his spirit. In Hebrews, uh, another book in the New Testament, it says that God speaks to us through his son, Jesus. And we also know that all scripture points to Jesus. So God's spirit can speak to us through him and through scripture. And when we read scripture, we find that it gives us many things that God has called us to do. Direction he has given us answers to questions we might have. So I thought I'd highlight just a few to kind of help get, your, get the wheels spinning as you think about this. So one of the things that God calls us to do is to know Jesus and to help others know him. In 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 9, he says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Talk about God's timeline being different than ours. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So we know that God wants us to come to repentance, us to come to Jesus, to know him as our Lord and our Savior, and for others to do the same thing. He also calls us to be sanctified. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And sanctified is just a fancy word for becoming more like Christ. Becoming more, uh, following after him in a ways that helps us become more and more like him in our character, in our actions. And then, similarly, he calls us to live like Christ. 
In Micah 6, 8, he says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And sure, these are all basics, right? You might say that. Yeah, I know that. That's a, that's a basic part about being a follower of Jesus. But they're things that we're called to our entire lives. You don't graduate from these things. You don't graduate from repentance. You don't graduate from sanctification. We still have to move towards them, find ways to do them, prioritize them on a daily basis. It's God's spirit in us at work in, each, in all of these things every day when we follow these calls from God. And if we aren't willing to listen to the spirit and listening to God and what he has already called us to do, then I don't think we should probably be waiting around for the spirit to give us some big, uh, different vision or different direction. We have to start with the basics. And honestly, I think most of the time when the spirit does give us a specific word, it comes out of these basic things that we learn about who God is, who he has made us to be, and what he calls us to do. So if you're waiting because you feel like you don't feel like God's spirit is moving or speaking to you in the timeline that you hoped, I encourage you to focus on these things. Go back to the things that God has called us to do. There's so many different things in the Bible. Things like pray without ceasing, love your neighbor and love God, all of the, make disciples and go and tell other people about Jesus. These are things that God has called us to do through his spirit. And I think when we go back to these things, when we focus on these things, it's oftentimes where God meets us the most. Because while sometimes the Spirit might show up and give you specific direction or guidance in your life, I think the thing that God cares most about is how we follow him, the state of our heart. Less so than which school we go to or which job we take, he cares about how we follow him, how we worship him in our everyday lives. Last week, uh, Joel kind of talked a little bit about, shared part of his story of how he ended up um, in church planting, in ministry, and how it was sort of through the words of another person, kind of giving him guidance, that kind of the spirit working through his community. And I thought I would uh, share a little bit about my experience with that. So I had a similar story of the spirit working through another person, but at the time, I was not, like Joel, looking for any kind of ministry training. <laughs> I didn't even think I wanted to work in ministry. But someone at the church I was at said, hey, I really think that you should consider this. I could see this in you. And this program that uh, Joel talked about last week that this church offered, this church-based training, it had kind of two options. You could do the one year um, and just really kind of lean into learning about who God is and serving other people in the church or it had the longer program that's more of the, if you want to go into ministry, uh, in church ministry. And so I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, maybe I'd be interested in just doing the one year. But I kind of told the person I was talking with, like, I just don't know if that's going to help me get where I want to go. At the time, I was planning on going back to grad school or going into communications and all these different things. And I was like, I just don't know how that's going to help me in the long run. Like, how, how is that going to help me get where I need to be? And the question this person asked me is something that I think the Spirit really used to work in my heart and, and continues to call it back to mind and help me to uh, think about it at different times in my life. But basically, they just said, 
yeah, I don't know if it's going to help you get where you want to go. But I think you should consider, is it going to help you become the type of person that you want to be wherever you end up? And I'm not saying, you know, for me, that was what I needed to hear in that moment. I, I ended up committing to the program just for the one year and then changed my mind when the Holy Spirit, again, kind of prompted me to consider it further. Um, but I, and I'm not saying that you need to do, be in ministry or to do some kind of training program in order to become who you're supposed to be. I just think it's a, it's a question that's helpful. When, when we get really fixated on, you know, what's my next step? Do I, do I go this way? Do I go that way? Do I make this choice or that choice? Sometimes we can forget that the more important part is who are we going to be which, whichever choice we take. Because oftentimes there's no right or wrong answer. The Spirit's going to be with us either way. It's not going to leave us. We're not going to be orphans. And it's going to work in our heart and in our mind to help us become more and more like Jesus. And so asking that question, is this going to help me become the person that I want to be, is something that's really stuck with me. Um, I think the Spirit has really used it in my life at different times. And I think that, you know, there's so many things, so many times where we really might question and we really want a direct answer. But these shifts that we've been talking about um, as we've gone through it, you know, thinking about it as a relationship, thinking about it for God's glory, and thinking about it on God's timeline, they may seem really hard in the moment, but I think in the long run, those are the things that are going to set us up to help us be the type of people that God has called us to be. Setting up rhythms in your life to make space for God's spirit. Letting go of your own control <laughs> and your own plans to follow the spirit's guiding. And being patient. God is working in your life, even when you can't see it. And that he will always be faithful to his promises. These things aren't always fun, and they're not easy, but they are the things that are going to help us become more and more of the people that God has called us to be. They'll help us walk more in step and in line with the Spirit and become more like Jesus, which is really our ultimate goal. So listening to the Spirit of God is not always big, crazy visions. Uh, sometimes it is, but it's not always. It's the everyday keeping in step cultivating that sensitivity, that relationship with the Spirit to see what he's doing in our lives and how he might be working in our hearts. I'm going to pray for us, uh, and then we're going to head into a time of um, communion and worship and prayer. And I think that's really a great time to make that space, right? Start now, making that space for the Spirit to speak to you, to listen, to invest in that relationship. So the worship band is going to play some worship you can sing um, or worship however you feel led. And then we also have communion up here in front. And you don't have to be a member at Resurrection City to take communion, but we do ask that you are a follower of Jesus. And if you're not, I mean, this is one of those things that the Spirit can work in our lives, right? So God wants all of us to come to him. And so if you're not, consider it today. Consider maybe this is the Holy Spirit um, working in your heart asking questions or just kind of taking steps to pray or, or to meet Jesus. And then we're also going to have someone in the back who is willing to pray for you during this time. So if you have anything you want to pray for or pray about, uh, it doesn't have to be a big thing. We encourage you to take advantage of that as well. So I'm going to pray for us all, and then we're going to head into that time of worship and communion. Holy Spirit, uh, we do thank you that you are here with us that you have not left us alone, 
uh, and that we know that you, um, while working for God's glory, have our best in mind. So, Lord, I just ask this morning that you would help us to listen to you, to make space for you, and to be open to what you might have to say. I think there are probably people in this room this morning who maybe you've been speaking to for a while or kind of nudging them in a certain direction. Uh, And Lord, I just pray that if that's the case, that you would open us up to hearing those things, to not resisting them, even if they're inconvenient or uncomfortable, but that we would be willing to follow you, knowing that it's what's going to lead to uh, our ultimate joy and your glory. So Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to find that space to hear from you, uh, and to listen and follow through with whatever you might guide us to do. In your name we pray. Amen.